the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is a Thursday, sending out my early morning emails and texts to different lawmakers and asking their thoughts on certain things, and I'm waiting to hear back. Uh, Trent Garner ran his uh, used car tax bill uh, yesterday in committee. I'm not sure exactly what happened. I, uh, I heard... Somebody said they didn't think that it passed, but they didn't think that it failed. Well, I, I've i texted uh, the senator to ask him exactly what went down. Uh, Seth Mays is here from the uh, Arkansas GOP. J.R. Davis is here from Gilmore Dave, Davis. And guys, uh, have you heard anything on this, exactly what went down on the used car tax bill? Either Good one morning, you, Dave. Yeah, anything uh, yeah, you heard? I'll, I'll shoot first. I have not. The nights are long and the mornings are early, but that was not a committee that I got to yesterday. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I... Uh, go ahead. Go, go ahead, ahead, Chair. Well, no, I'm just saying it's like at this point in the session, I feel like there's, uh, you know, you're basically standing in a barrel and shooting from all sides. So uh, things are coming fast, and to Seth's point... <laughs> Uh, it's hard to be in in all the action every day down there. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you can't be every place all the time. It's just not possible. There's so much going on. And I just was wondering if maybe you all had heard, because uh, all I heard is that some people really pushed back, some people didn't. And uh, so I'll wait for Trent to, to, to hit me back. I'm sure he will here in the next uh, few minutes. I'm also... Uh, uh, texting uh, uh, State Representative Robin uh, Lundstrom about why so much pushback on the gender assignment surgery bill that she's running. I was really uh, really uh, kind of struck by that uh, totally. Are you guys getting any feel about what's going on in the legislature about this particular topic? Two, two points. Real quick, Dave. One was on Trent's bill. I, I pulled it up on the website. It looks like it's been referred to the Revenue and, and Tax Committee. I have no update that there was a vote taken on that. There was a fiscal impact on it. Looks like it came out just yesterday. So that's, according to the website, that's where we are on what is Senate Bill 459 uh, to exempt the purchase of a used motor vehicle from sales and use tax. Uh, so that's where it appears we are on that one. 
on the bill in regards to uh, Representative Lundstrom. In fact, there were two bills, ironically heard at the same time in both chambers, that dealt with with different issues here. The bill on the Senate side uh, was the Fairness in Women's Sports Act. Right. Uh, basically, biological girls compete against biological girls. We're familiar with stories from across the nation where uh, men who identify as women come into women's sports and just crush records. As Bob Ballinger said, he you know, used to be in weightlifting and went to a meet one time, and, and the, the champion woman weightlifter came just to compete with the guys, just just exhibition, just to have fun right. and to see. And, you know, her, her max was, I think, 220 or something, and, and every guy in that room could <laughs> certainly have, have done that. Um, right. So th- there's just biological differences, and I don't think it's rude to acknowledge that. But the real fire came from uh, the House side. It was heard on the floor yesterday and in committee the day before, uh, Robin Lundstrom, that just basically says we're going to stop for minors, for people under 18. When you're an adult and you're old enough to make those decisions for yourself about what you want to do to your body, you can do that later on. But let's just admit that doing this with children are not fully fleshed out um, concepts. And we know, for instance, that this is an issue that disproportionately young women are doing all across the country, uh, minor girls uh, that are making these decisions way more uh, than there are young boys doing the same thing. And we know that, hey, Dave, there's a lot of pressure in school for girls to, to look a certain way. And puberty's a hard time for anybody, but especially young women who you know, through media and, and magazines and other means are, are held to higher standards than boys are. Nobody ever, you know, cared what a boy looked like at middle school or high school. They just showed up. You know, they weren't wearing makeup or were really concerned with a breakout or, or anything such as that. And when it came through committee to basically say we're not going to administer puberty blockers to minors or do gender reassignment surgery to minors, to children, to kids, to boys and girls in, in school, uh, Deborah Ferguson, Democrat up from West Memphis, uh, said in, in the committee, the only reason you all, you all being Republicans, the only reason you all are doing this because is because it is now unseemly to legislate against blacks and gays. So now you've just moved on to the next person you want to discriminate against. Wow. Wow. Clearly, <laughs> it's not at all where Robin Lundstrom or Missy Irvin, or by the way, these are initiatives of the Republican Women's Legislative Caucus. This isn't a one-off of one or two concerns. This is a a women-led effort because it's women who these issues are targeting, young girls, that is. Man, now, did that fail in committee? No, both of those passed out of their committees and passed in their respective chambers. Oh, okay, good. In the House and the Senate, and so now they've got to go to the other chamber and and do the same process and then they're going to pass in in both chambers yeah i thought it was interesting on the uh you know no boys in women's sports that on the votes against every one of the democrats uh, the democrat senators voted against and there was one other vote against did you guys happen to notice it i did notice that that would be the independent senator from gravit that's right uh hendren voted against it <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, he really is breaking from the pack as far as that goes, and he's surely not going to reach common ground voting against those types of bills. Would you agree with that, Jr.? All right. Hopefully we got Jr. there. 
It, uh, we'll see if he's there. Sorry, Dave. Oh, he's there. He I, did you have? I, I had a bit of a co- yeah, I had a bit of a coughing fit there. Oh, uh, okay. On mute. So yeah. So tell, ask me that one more time. If you yeah, Hendren voted against the uh, uh, boys uh, competing against yeah. girls uh, bill. Uh, Missy Irvin's piece of legislation. Mm-hmm. I, you know, if you're looking to start a new a new party, I think that you listen to the majority of Arkansans and uh, and try to and try to vote that way. He did not. He voted with every uh, Democrat who voted against this bill. Yeah, and I mean, I think look, I was joking the other day. I mean, you know, you go through a whip count on any bill, uh, and and usually how you do it, Dave, you go back to the previous session. If there was a similar vote, you see how they voted the last time. You kind of start from there, and then you start your conversations. Well, the funny thing is, this time around, you know, the big question is where's Jim Hendren going to be? Because you just have you, you have no idea, right? Uh, you know, and and it's just very very different from uh, sessions past. So. Um, yeah, that was a surprising uh, vote, um, but I think you know it's uh, uh, I, you know it, it's I think I mean I, surprise is probably an understatement. I, I think there were a lot of things that people think he would break from the party with. Uh, that one was uh, that one was a little bit more surprising. Yeah, I, I, I mean yeah. seriously, you look at uh, the polling numbers on that, and the majority of Arkansans are absolutely against biological boys uh, competing against biological girls. Specifically, I mean, just flat out right out there. It's, it, it just amazes me. I, I don't understand him. I've, I've put in a couple of uh, uh, calls to him. I haven't heard back from him. I'm, I'm trying to get him on the show because I got to have him here to talk to him to find out where he's coming from. And I... Because I don't know if he knows yeah. where he's coming from. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think you know. I, I feel like uh, Jim Hendren is sort of a reflection of this session. It's been very different. Uh, it's been something you know. Uh, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, things that um, are surprising. It's just a very different session. It's a very different time, uh, and Jim Hendren's a very different uh, member of the legislature at this point in time. Yeah, just kind of really, really weird. What about you, Seth? How how do you see this session thus far as as it been going? Is it are we just starting to see the the conservatives really starting to flex their muscles some or what? Well, that's uh, two points, and that's one of them I was going to make to Jr.'s point. This just feels I don't know, Dave. In some ways, it feels the session is quick. In some ways, it it feels like it's going long. It just feels really out of body almost. And I, and I don't know what that is. And I'm sure the plexiglass and the mask and, and in different holding rooms for witnesses and I, and all this stuff contributes just to a, a different feeling in the age of COVID. Uh, but to your point, almost every single day, democratic activists, whether on Facebook, Twitter, or our uh, phone system here at the RPA are voicing their displeasure with, with what has gone through the legislature because largely all of the really conservative bills, such as these bills pertaining to, you know, gender uh, hormones, to to uh, trans women and competing against biological women, the stand your ground bill, the abortion ban, all of these issues, we largely knew what the result would be from the outset. 
that these were all nearing passage. And at least in past sessions, Democrats have had hope and some mild success in stopping certain pieces of legislation in the past. And it, it seems at this point, and, and I think that's where Deborah Ferguson, the Democrat from West Memphis, that said, we're just on this issue now because it's unseemly to target blacks and gays, in, in her words. I think that's where some of her displeasure is coming from, is the fact that the Democratic caucus is as small as it has ever been in both chambers. Um, and they can no longer, even if there's a couple of Republican defections and everybody is entitled to vote their district, if, you know, if, the, if a couple of people have some constituents that are incredibly concerned, just to be frank from the political side, we can always now afford to lose a couple of votes and still have a, a very solid majority on any number of, of bedrock issues. And I think that's what it is. I think the Democrats are very disaffected with how successful every conservative piece of legislation has been. And I don't know what the Democrats hang their hat on coming out of the session to say, boom, here is what we got done. And, and in the past, they haven't really been able to say, here's what we've got done. But they can say to their voters, here is what we stopped. And to them, that has been enough to be able to, in their mind, stop bad pieces of legislation. Well, they haven't been able to stop anything, and they haven't passed anything of significance to their base, to their platform, to their voters, uh, to their activists. And I think that that is what might be different is really there hasn't been that much controversy. There really hasn't been a bill. There was one on the House side about scope of practice and CRNAs that failed one day and by one vote. And then it came back for reconsideration the next day and had picked up a couple more people and, and some people who weren't there weren't present the previous day. And that's really been the only excitement, to my knowledge, offhand, aside from the, the big headline bills, is which, as I said, we knew we're going to pass from the outset. It was just how long and how are we going to get there? All right. We got more to talk about. J.R. Davis is here from Gilmore Davis. Uh, and uh, she will uh, pipe in some more, as well as uh, Seth Mays who is with the uh, Arkansas GOP, he as well is part of our talk uh, on Thursday mornings here and the 6 o'clock hour. Don't forget that I will be in Conway today. I will be speaking uh, to uh, the group out there, the Informed Citizens of Faulkner County, at noon at Larry's Pizza. Hope that you'll join us, and we'll talk about these bills that we've been talking about and others and, uh, you know, the feeling of what's going on in the state legislature here uh, this year. We'll talk about all of that today, uh, starting at noon at Larry's Pizza. Come on over, have a great lunch, and then I promise you uh, we'll bring up things that you'll want to hear about, and then you'll be able to ask me questions at the end of the lunch. Don't forget about David Lucas. He's got the ultimate retirement planning checklist for you. You need to get a hold of one of these so that you can make sure you're you know, crossing your T's and dotting your I's, as we like to say, and that you're uh, able to go ahead and make sure that you have all of the wheels of your retirement uh, train on the tracks, so to speak. You don't want to get off the tracks and, and crash when it comes to retirement. Here's the last thing you want to happen. Be in retirement and you're still going strong and you look at your bank account and it's not going strong. You want to make sure you've got the money to live on uh, that you need during retirement. And that's what David Lucas is. The ultimate retirement planning checklist will help you do. 
be one of the first 10 callers, 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. And uh, you'll make sure that you'll get one of these, or you can ask for one by going to their website. That's davidlucasfinancial.com. Seth Mays uh, from the GOP here in Arkansas joins us, as well as J.R. Davis, who is uh, with the Gilmore Davis Group. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. And uh, we're talking about some of the things that are going on in the uh, general session that's happening right now. And it has a different feel to it this year than it did even two years ago. I think part of that, and, and J.R., you can speak to this, you know, when you're the governor— Uh, you have, you know, you got a big stick that you can carry around with you until you get to that point where you're kind of the lame duck governor. And then people are on the, uh, you know, of your own party and of the opposing party are willing to more take you on at times. Uh, Is the governor, you know, running into that somewhat this uh, this session? You know, actually, surprisingly, I think the governor's uh, the governor's agenda has kind of moved fairly quickly this session. Uh, you know, to Seth's point, I think I mentioned it earlier, the session has been so strange for a number of reasons. And it would have been strange without COVID because we're going into uh, an election where there's, you know, a lot of open seats, uh, const- you know, constitutional offices. You're going to have, uh, you know, uh, five of the six uh members of the delegation up for re-election, 135 members of the legislature because of redistricting. So this would have been a strange session, you know, without COVID. But now you throw COVID into the mix, and it's just been sort of just a strange, uh, uh, strange, you know, few weeks, and I expect it to go longer than, um, you know, our usual session. So I say all that to say it's been weird. The governor, I think a lot of people, yeah, I think uh, the governor, a lot of, I think a lot of folks thought that this was going to be a very difficult session for the governor. Um, and while I think there will be some more pushback on the budget, um, you know, I think hate crimes is, in, you know, is probably a non-starter. He's going to get a lot of the things, uh, though, that he wanted to accomplish this session uh, in his final session, which I think is a very big deal and probably surprising to some. I mean, you look back at um, uh, my understanding, the, the, one of the Emergency uh, Powers Act uh, to pull back some of the powers from the governor. I believe the governor's office worked with them on that to get to a, a compromise there. I think that, uh, you know, you look at the Our Home program that's sort of quickly sailing through uh, the Senate side, now over to the House side, uh, and, and, you know, from computer science. There's a lot of things that the governor uh, wanted to accomplish this session that he's been able to do so far, which actually I think is probably the most surprising thing, uh, given kind of where uh, some members were uh, heading into the session. How about you, uh, Seth? You have that same feeling about where the government, uh, governor stands with the state legislature? Yeah, I think everything that Jr. mentioned there, I mean, it's obviously all verifiable, so it's hard to argue <laughs> with with that uh, analysis, and, and I absolutely agree. I think the only issue, and Jr. pointed it out, is hate crimes, which it, at this point seems like 
Um, well, it's a pretty heavy list, no matter at which point you introduce it in the session. But at this point in the session, there are more days behind us than in front of us. And that makes it very hard when you have a bill that would be such a heavy lift as, as this is. And we, we've all known uh, the quiet part, we all say out loud, is that the Senate Judiciary Committee is was always going to be the largest hurdle, and I, it still is. And I, I haven't seen a way that you get it through that committee, and, and we're not going to extract it from to the floor from a committee. I think we've seen this session that folks believe in the committee process, and that's what they're going to stick to and, and have stuck to. But as JR pointed out, every other initiative, I mean, has been, once again, that we've been fairly conflict adverse for the most part. And the hammer Gazaway bill that we've talked about in the past, which was presented and passed through the Senate last week, uh, Senator Hammer said it from the well of the Senate. The governor said if this bill passes in this form, he will sign it. And and so there's even even work to curtail the emergency powers that has signed off from the governor. You know, one thing that may be going to be an interesting battle is telemedicine. Uh, the governor allowed te- telemedicine during this uh, uh, emergency that we've had with uh, uh, COVID-19. Now there's people that uh, are fighting back. I think the Arkansas State Medical Board is fighting back against telemedicine. There's a bill out there to allow it to continue. Does that kind of surprise you guys? I mean, it seems to me telemedicine is, has uh, has proven itself. We'll talk about that when we come back uh, from our break, which is coming up here in just a few seconds, because we got to get to the news. Let's do that right now. All right. I guess this is a an area I didn't think there was going to be a fight over because it's done so well during the pandemic uh, that's been going on now. Today is the one year anniversary of COVID-19 and uh, that is telemedicine. And it seems like there is uh, some pushback going on uh, from the medical community about telemedicine. Uh, are you guys hearing anything on the ground about this? Why are they so against this? Because I'll be honest, I've I've met with uh, a few of my doctors this way, and uh, it went without a hitch. Well, uh, and I'll take a first step at this one, but you know, look, I think anytime you, uh, I think anytime uh, power and control uh, are threatened. Uh, you have uh, pushback. Uh, it's change. I mean, look, this is not, uh, I mean, quite frankly, Arkansas is behind the time when it comes to uh, some of these you know, telemedicine uh, uh, aspects. I mean, you know, 48, 49 other states already practice uh, this, you know, the, the audio piece that is part of the governor's executive order. Um, and quite frankly, you know, Senator Hester made a great point in committee yesterday talking about that if you, you know, in his neck of the woods in Northwest Arkansas, there are 21 people a day moving in to his area, 21 people a day times, 300, times 365 days a year. And when people move to an area, they may not have a relationship with a primary care physician. You know, they may not have uh, their quote unquote medical records, uh, with some doctor in that area. And so to be able to pick up the phone because your child has flu like symptoms or not feeling well, uh, and be able to talk to a doctor, give them that clinical information from you. Uh, and then, the, and then their ability to be able to prescribe some sort of, uh, medicine for you 
it just makes sense. It's it's 2021. Um, you know, it's 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 about personal choice and access, and that's what this is about. And so, I think we'll continue to see this fight uh, uh, play out uh, in the legislature. But it's just it's one of those things where uh, it, it makes sense. Um, but the whole fight always comes down to some group, some entity losing power and control. Uh, and that's usually at the heart of some of these big knockdown drag out fights in the legislature. Okay, so in this case, who is losing the power, would you say, JR? Well, I mean, I say, look, and, and I, I want to be careful, but I don't want to, you know, but I, I think that, you know, when I say power and control, I just mean that they're, well, one is the medical society. I mean, I, I think that if their preference is to, you know, see a doctor face to face, which I, I look, I prefer that. I think that's great. If you can do that, if I have a preference and I can have a choice uh, as to whether I uh, am calling a doctor or, you know, in front of a doctor, I'd rather be in front of a doctor, but I think people should have the choice. Right. Uh, and they should have the options. Um, but I think when you talk about power and control, it's usually just, it's, it's the, um, I think it's sort of that physician base. Um, some of them have uh, concerns that, you know, you're not going to be able to treat the uh, person in their entirety uh, without being able to see them. And, and that's not wrong. I get that. But at the same time, for little things like, hey, I, you know, I'm not feeling well, it's common cold, whatever it might be, if they can be prescribed something uh, to make them feel better without having to have a relationship with the primary care physician, uh, that's a big deal to a lot of families, especially big families with lots of kids. So when I say power and control, babe, I just mean there's this idea that once, you know, telemedicine, uh, just like we've seen in 48 or 49 other other states, when it's in Arkansas, you know, right now, the medical society, a lot of these physicians have been able to kind of control where you know, uh, the policies more so, I guess I should say. And so that's that's what I mean when I say that. But the governor's emergency order, the executive order, we've been doing this for a year. Uh, it kind of changes the game just a little bit. Yep. Uh, and we've had no complaints. So let's codify it. Yeah, and I, and I agree with that. Uh, Seth, what about you? Yeah, I, I agree that that's really the point of legislation we've seen related to telemedicine is, is to codify all the things that we agree on. If you look to last session, I know this was an issue, and, and there were some bills that, to my recollection, I think failed in respect to telemedicine. Yes, but they did. There, there are three bills that amend the Telemedicine Act um, so far, two by Aaron Pilkington, who works in healthcare, representative from Clarksville, and another uh, Dr. Lee Johnson out of the Greenwood area. All three of those bills that amend the Telemedicine Act uh, passed out of the House 97 to 0. All three of them. Lee Johnson's is, is passed through the Senate. It's been re-referred to the House. They added an, another amendment on the Senate end. And so, and then the two bills from Aaron Pilkington um, have yet to be taken up on the Senate side. But I'll, I'll just say I don't know of a bill that has passed 97 to 0 in the House chamber that has met doom over in the Senate. I think that's a, a pretty wide margin. Uh, and to have no no known opposition, no no votes, the other the other three were non-voting, um, I, I think really uh, says something, as, as J.R. pointed out. This may have been an issue in the past, but we all see it's worth now. Right. So, We've all uh, many of us yeah. have have used 
telemedicine yep. in this time. Uh, and, and it's hard to vote against that when, when you've actually well, seen it work. It's one thing for people to come to you and say, here's what this will do in theory. And then it's another thing to have experience with it and then to come back and legislate on that issue. And I think that's what we're seeing. Go ahead, J.R. And I'll, no, I'll just say that to the legislation Seth was talking about, uh, that's the same bill, but it was it was amended on the Senate side, which has caused a lot of the consternation uh, in committee yesterday. So that 97 yes votes uh, in the House, uh, there were a, there was sort of a, a different set of amendments agreed to, uh, and that has changed uh, substantively, but for the good in the Senate, which is now why you're seeing. Uh, you know, more opposition to it on the Senate end, including a very, very uh, frustrated and hot uh, Deborah Ferguson yesterday in committee uh, who was there to, uh, I think she was there to scold some members, including Bart Hester, who shot back uh, to her response. She said, you know, this our bill that came over here passed with 97 votes in the House, and, and Senator Hester shot back, well, anything that has 97 votes doesn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, to this <laughs> point, you know, look, if you're going to actually make substantive changes, you're usually going to have to put up a fight. Uh, 97 right. to, to nothing uh, usually doesn't move the needle much. So, anyway, there was just a little bit of clarification there. It has changed, which is kind of the reason that, um, you know, uh, it's, it's becoming more of a fight on the Senate end. But it's, it's going to be interesting. And, and overall, Dave, the session as a whole, the next three weeks are going to be, I think, some of the probably the most uh, critical of the session. There's a lot of things that need to get done. But you're going to start seeing things move through committee at a, at a super fast pace. Uh, and I also think you're going to start seeing more fireworks uh, over the next few weeks as we start to uh, look towards the end of the session. Okay. The uh, the House and the Senate both now, if I'm not mistaken, have passed the bill saying that the uh, state government should return the money they find to businesses. Uh, has the governor signed that yet, guys? I don't remember seeing that he had signed it. The last thing I know he signed, I think, was the abortion bill. I don't I know. I didn't okay. No. Okay, so nobody, we, none of us know. It's like what Jr. and Seth are saying. It's hard to keep track of everything that's going on. I could keep fair track of it when I was broadcasting from the state capitol. That's not been possible uh, this year. Uh, perhaps in four years or two years from now, I'll be back over there at state capitol again uh covering the session because it'll be back in the capitol and not just over in in the big mac and things of that nature and all the different covid uh related uh, rules that uh, that we've had to to follow so uh ken yang just said to me and said that bill that we're talking about about paying back the uh businesses is up in House Public Health today is that right, or is or is Ken talking about the uh, the telemedicine bill? I guess it would be telemedicine. That's House Public Health. It would be telemedicine. So uh, they got a little bit of work that they've got to do because of what the Senate has done. So Bar Hester called that weak tea. 
if it's 97 to nothing, he says it's week T. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, that's right. Week T. And not in so many words, but yeah, uh, I thought that was kind of a funny response and, and, and a very good point uh, by the senator that, you know, most things that move the needle and make a difference are a fight. Uh, change is not something people uh, usually take to very well. So. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I, I just thought that the telemedicine uh, bill was kind of interesting in that uh, that's not that I had heard uh, so much uh, from uh, folks, you know, about bills that they thought was going to be difficult uh, during this session. They thought that this would go through because we've been doing it. And uh, I think Seth is right. It's one thing to sit in front of a committee and say, here uh, is what this should do by saying to them, just look at what it says and then or sitting in front of them and having the empirical knowledge that you've done it, it worked and it worked well. Uh, that makes interest, uh, you know, makes makes it a little bit more uh, interesting uh, for the committees. Uh, the bill up in the House Public Health today is uh, Dan Sullivan's SB three hundred one, giving the fines back. So we'll have to watch and and see what happens with that. By the way, Dan Sullivan will join my show tomorrow in the six o'clock hour to talk about that telemedicine and uh, freedom of speech and a lot of other things here on the Dave Ellswick Show with Robert Steinbach and uh, Chris Corbett. Got to get a break in, guys. Uh, Go get uh, some more coffee, and uh, we'll come back and talk more about what's been going on at the, uh, the Capitol. I'll open it up to you, and you guys can talk about things you think are going to be happening over the next uh, few weeks. We can talk about now that we know uh, the numbers aren't coming in until September, uh, you know, for being able to do the redistricting. Uh, have we had, has, has uh, that been uh, challenged uh, in in the state uh, uh, meeting to make that those guys come back in september to do this we'll talk about it here in just a moment uh don't forget about my friend pat davis the uh health plan man he will take good care of you he does it differently it's to your benefit to do business with him here's a guy that can save you 30 to 50 percent on your health insurance is a perfect health plan for self-employed people it's a health plan for conservatives where you don't pay for what you don't believe in Uh, and it is an actual insurance not a share plan share plans like when a bunch of christians get together and uh, they fund uh, paying for your surgeries and things of that nature Uh, you can break out of the grip of the government two years from now uh, you know, as far as that's concerned, you know, every couple of years you got to relook at, renegotiate your, your insurance, if not every year, uh, because they can pull the rug right out from out, out from under you. Let's say you you have agreed that you want government insurance, and you do so because there's a big subsidy for you, but then all of a sudden uh, they pull that subsidy away from you. Uh, Say your subsidy is going to be, let's say, three times as much, and the premiums are going to be outrageous. Uh, Many people will be stuck in a government plan if 
they have any health changes, etc. You can choose any provider in the nation. You often get a check when you go to the doctor, urgent care, and even the hospital, and no co-pays. I know this sounds too good to be true. Everything I just said to you is just the opposite of what most people have experienced with health care. That's why I, I suggest that you call Pat at 501-605-64 or 6935 and talk to him uh, about this so that he can walk you through it or visit him online at yourhealthplanman.com. Don't miss out on something just because in the back of your mind you say, that's too good to be true. Uh, I've taken people up on things that I thought were too good to be true, uh, and they were true, and it was good. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. All right, Pat Davis, 501-605-6935, yourhealthplanman.com. Hey, looking uh, into the next hour, Joe and Duck will be here to answer your car questions. All you have to do is call in 823-0965, and uh, they'll answer those questions. Plus, tomorrow, don't forget, first hour, uh, Robert Steinbach, uh, uh, law professor over at Bowen School of Law, Chris Corbett, uh, law uh, lawyer up in Conway, along with the state uh, Senator Dan Sullivan will join me and we'll be talking about the session as well and things that may be coming up. Let me go back to our guests for this hour, Seth Mays, who's with the Arkansas GOP, and, of course, J.R. Davis from the Gilmore Davis Group. And, guys, uh, let me start with uh, Seth this time. What are some things that uh, you know that are still coming up, uh, Seth, in this session that people should be watching for? Two things. One of them you alluded to before the break, which is, uh, of course, the redistricting process. And at this point, I think it's it's unlikely we see anything in this session. All signs are, are probably pointing towards a special session. At the end of the year, I, I will say the state of Ohio is suing the Census Bureau and the Biden administration, saying that they need to commit to the uh, March 31st deadline on providing census data. I, I think what they've released so far is September, uh, which is is why I think we're probably headed for a special if that holds true. But there may be, you know, I, I'm not sure how that process works. Do they cover the whole nation at once or do they go state by state? And if they're going state by state, surely some states are finished and have complete data. And I don't see why they would hold all 50 states up till we complete all 50 states when you could release some states if they're done specifically because every state legislature has this problem right now that we're that we're having post uh, a new decade and and needing to redraw their lines so uh, that's an issue but as i as i said the caveat is i don't know that it's going to happen here while we're we're all in little rock for this session and the other major issue which has started in the state agencies committee on the house side and will be soon on the senate side which is hearing constitutional amendments and i think in in past session there's been some consensus uh largely on 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 certain issues that may percolate we know the general assembly can refer three uh ballot initiatives every cycle uh, and they typically do all three, uh, but I, I haven't yet. I've yet to hear what the consensus issues are 
uh, there's over, I think, 30, 30 amendments that have been filed. And I, it's yet to be pointed out to me exactly what uh, is, is going to what are going to be the three issues that went out the day on that. So far, state agencies, just to give background, they're hearing the amendments, but they're not voting on them. So they're going to hear everything and then everybody get together amongst themselves and decide, OK, what what are the three issues that we need to refer? Some of these things aren't major issues, but they just have to be solved with an amendment. And they, and they may be a local bugaboo. And that's hard to get a whole state to say this is what we want to make one of our three constitutional amendments. So I'm interested to see how that process plays out. Yeah. How about you, Jr. Things that people should be watching for as uh, this week uh, comes to an end of the uh, general session. Um, I, I mean, I think Seth really kind of uh, hit two of them uh, nail on the head there. I mean, you've got the redistricting, uh, which obviously is going to be pushed back to the fall, but you're still going to have a lot of that uh, discussion and kind of uh, play out over the next few weeks. And then, of course, uh, the constitutional amendments. Uh, I think the other big deal is something that's different this session than from sessions past is that they are doing similarly what they are doing on taxes that they are doing with constitutional amendments, which is they are hearing them, but they are not actually voting on any of the tax cut proposals until towards the end of the session until they go to RSA. So we're starting to see a lot of those bottleneck and kind of run through and they'll bring those back and vote on them as a body to see which ones they'll actually enact, um, which is, uh, was a decision by, I believe, Senator Sample on revenue and tax to just basically say, look, we're going to hear them all. And then as we get closer to RSA, we'll make a decision, uh, which is an interesting strategy and we'll see how well it works, but that's going to be something that, uh, uh, you know, to look for over the next few weeks. And then also, Dave, just quite frankly, you know, uh, members are going to take half a week for spring break to kind of recharge everybody's batteries and come back strong uh, starting at the very end of March and into April. Uh, and I think you're going to see, as I mentioned before, things moving at a rapid pace. So people have to, you know, really pay attention. If you've got a bill you're looking at, uh, you know, make sure to keep your eyes on the ball because it's going to move really, really fast, I think, over the next few weeks. All right. J.R. Davis, of course, Gilmore Davis Group. Thanks for your time, Jay. Uh, Seth Mays, thank you for uh, filling in today, talking to us, not filling in, but joining us today and uh, for the Arkansas GOP and telling us how your views are about what's going on in the session at this time. We'll get together again next Thursday, early in the morning, as you guys know, and and talk some more. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Coming up, we've got uh, Duck and Joe, and they're ready to talk about uh, cars. And they'll uh, take your questions, 823-0965. And don't forget, I'm at Larry's Pizza today in Conway at noon talking to the informed citizens of Faulkner County.
All right, let's move into uh, the last hour of uh, today's Thursday show. That always is Joe and Duck here to answer your car questions. And the first one we're going to deal with is something that we talk (laughs) about from time to time, but it's like it goes over people's heads. I'm just telling you, it just goes right over because for many of us that are baby boomers and for uh, Gen Xers and some others, we've been doing something for so long that it's like relearning not to do something. Dave, when we come up, we filled them to the brim, or either we put $2 worth of gas in. That's yeah, all yeah, we we're putting. We're talking about when you fill your car up. Now, I see it all the time. I used to tell people, don't do that. And doing that, I'm talking about you, it's filling up, and then it kicks off. The pump kicks off. And you stand there, and you go, well, look, it's 45 cents up to, you know, $30 or whatever. And so mm-hmm. you sit there, and you run 45 cents more gas into your engine. And and what we used to call topping it off, all right? Well, it's now it's packing it. Yeah, you don't do that anymore. If you do it, you're going to cause yourself problems. Let, let For instance, here's our first question today. The 2013 Ford Escape, four-cylinder, 1.6-liter. After filling up with gasoline, the car has a hard time starting. I did a test while the car was running. As soon as you start pumping gas, the engine starts to bog down and eventually die. Please help. This is not the first time it's happened. Now we're going to help you. Stop filling it to the brim. Too late now, Dave. I got to yeah. do some work on it. Okay. They need a new canister? Most likely. That and probably a purge valve go along with it. And that's not cheap? No, it's not. What you got to remember is the fuel we have has got ethanol in it. <coughs> these purge valves and these vent solenoids and all that have rubber O-rings in them. If you, if you pack the fuel in and you get raw fuel up into those EVAP lines and vent lines... It damages those valves. They don't close off. So when you're fueling it and the engine's running, it's sucking raw vapor up into the engine and causing it to run bad. And if the engine shut off and then you fuel it and then you go to restart it, it sucks all that raw vapor in. It's flooded, isn't it, Doug? Yep. That's what we call soaking. And it won't start. I know because it did it to me a couple of times and I asked you guys, what is going on here? Yep. And you said, stop packing the fuel in. Well, these modern cars, Dave, they've got so much technology in them to keep the fumes from going out into the air. They run through there, and it reburns that as it needs it. But if you don't stop packing it full, you know, as we say, and you create a soaking problem, then you're going to have to wind up putting spark plugs in it. You know, maybe a coil pack or two because it's burning it up. And then you got to put a canister. Then you got to put a you know, a vowel and everything on it, and it could get bad expensive, couldn't it? Not cheap. Very much, yeah. (coughs) I mean, the canisters ain't cheap no more. If you get enough fuel in the canister itself, liquid fuel, the little uh, carbon, the I guess you call it charcoal thing, will come apart in there. Yep. And and it'll stop the lines up, and it can be pricey to fix all that. I got one. He ordered a charcoal canister yesterday, and it's come all apart. You can rattle it and hear it in there making around, and so I'm Mm -hmm. sure there's going to be other problems. Once I get this all cleaned out and back on, then, but like I, like Russell told the customer, you know, I've got to do this before I can do anything else. Got to so, start at A, right? Yeah, you got to start at A, and you may wind up all the way to Z before you get it straightened mm-hmm. all the way out. 
Yes, does that charcoal get out of the filter and get into stuff? Yes. Yeah. All right. It's vacuum lines that go back there to purge that tank <clears throat> to get the pressure off of it. And it'll suck that carb, that charcoal, little granules up into those lines. And then you got a problem with the purge solenoid and the vent solenoid because it's all jammed up. Yep. Better off just when it kicks off, leave it alone. Yep. Okay. Also know this, that if you don't have a fuel cap, it will cause your engine to act up as well. They turn check light, check engine light on on most of them. You don't just stuff a rag down no. in that hole. Some some of the late models have got uh, fuel fill necks on them that are capless. The little flapper has an O-ring on it and seal yes. is spring-loaded. But if you don't have that and you don't have a cap on there, it can't vent and purge like it's supposed to. And it's going to turn the light on. And a lot of these late models, when that light's on, your remote start and some other stuff's going to go away, right, Doug? Yep. Uh, everything don't work right. And then yeah. you wind up, you, you create other problems. You go buy a cap, put it. Well, my light's still on. Well, yeah, let me go get it cleared. Well, you go clear it, then you got a purge valve, you know, code in it, and you, you know, you got mm-hmm. all kind of codes, and you created another problem that if you'd have went got, got you a, a problem. cap, yeah. yeah, if you'd have went and bought you a twenty dollar cap, and put on it. Now it's important that you put an OEM style cap on there. Yes, just because it'll screw on there, that don't mean it's the right one, and that don't it mean it's going to sell off. It has to sell off and pressurize that tank, and, and that's it, what it does. And it needs to be an OEM re- equivalent. All I right. promise you. So keep that in mind. All right. Now, we talked about this last week because my car just stopped. And, uh, you know, by the way, when it comes time to get your car towed, yeah. where's, where's, who, do you, who do you call, Joe? Well, Dave kind of had a little problem last Friday night, and we <laughs> had to get him rescued. And uh, 365, Jared from 365 come out and got him, took care of him, did it in prompt time, and did a good job on it, didn't he? Yep, he did, and got the car over to uh, Joe's garage, over to his facility. And uh, Joe had come by on Saturday and tried to start the car, and we went into a whole discussion about what the start told him about my car. And it was, uh, I told him that I thought it was a fuel injector because I had one go wrong uh, with the car a few years ago. And I remember what the car did and Symptoms, how it smelled yeah. and, and all of that. Because it just, the smell of gasoline is overpowering. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had parked it, and uh, Joe got in there, and sure enough, it was the number three cylinder mm-hmm. that uh, went bad. He put a new injector in it. Uh, all the extra fuel that went into it, we needed to put new spark plugs in it. And uh, you and had to do an oil because it got a little bit of fuel in the oil. Is that That's what correct. happened? Yep. Okay. Yep. So they did all of that. And now, and I got the car yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before? It was Monday. Yeah. Okay. So it was day before, day before. <laughs> no, you picked it up Tuesday morning. That's okay. Right. I can't Tuesday remember. Yeah. Time goes fast when you're having fun. And anyway, uh, car ran like a top. Okay. It's, it's, and it gets better gas mileage, too, so I'm wondering how long that fuel injector was going bad. It's probably been leaking for a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. it hung wide open. Yeah. Well, it stopped. I'm <laughs> going to tell you what. It. I, I went to put the gas on, and all of a sudden, the infamous words come out. <laughs> Lack of power. Engine power reduced. <laughs> That's right. And I, I looked at that, and I went. I, I looked at, at Linda, who was riding with me, and she goes, Car's failing again. I told you we need a new car. I said, no. 
we just need to fix this one. All right. And I pulled in and <laughs> we had it back this week. And I'm sure that it char- what my charge will be will be less than what my car payment used to be. I guarantee you that. So that, I, as far as I'm concerned, that's a win. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's a win. All right. 8230965. That's the number to call. 8230965. Uh, did you buy my uh, new fuel injector from Bumper to Bumper? I sure did. Because you know when you get bumper to bumper parts, two year, $24,000 warranty, unless you use 24 a bumper, miles, 24,000. Miles. You I said dollars. Dollars. Yeah, 24. <laughs> Close. Kind of. Uh, 24,000 mile warranty. That's why I got these guys here. They keep me keep me straight. And Or if you use a bumper to bumper credit card, it's three years, 36,000. Yep miles keep that in mind and uh, if anything goes wrong with that uh, injector joe will replace it uh and it will be done for absolutely nothing that's correct yeah and that's nationwide too dave yeah no matter where it goes down at they will fix it for you that's what makes bumper to bumper special Uh, on top of that bumper to bumper and the bumper to bumper certified service centers have all kinds of other programs that you should become acquainted with. Sure. Now, to do that, all you got to do is what? When you pay your bill, just say, hey, what about towing? Or what about this? Or what about that? They can they can tell you all about them, right? Sure, absolutely. That's, you, you, get a, you can get an info card that goes on the uh, mirror hanger, or you can get one that looks like a little keychain thing. Yep. It's got a safe route, and uh, the uh, all the information's on there, how to process that how to claim, make a claim on it and everything. If you're out, even if you have it towed in for something that's not a uh, warrantable repair, they've got three times a year free reimbursement on the Safe Route program. And, yeah, you pay uh, for cool. it, they give you the money back. That's correct. They reimburse you. just have to call the 1-800 number and process it that way. All right. Keep that in mind. That's another great thing about bumper to bumper. And that's why these guys like them. And that's why the bumper to bumper certified service centers are like the number one place people take their cars to get them fixed. Yep. Because, as Joe says, they fix cars, they don't work on cars. That's correct. Right. And, Dave, sometimes that can get to be a pain, too. Matter of fact, I'm sending Joe one. <laughs> oh, really? Which, yeah. one, which one? are you, A little Kia. Yeah, what's wrong with it? Running down the road and just shut off, and I've just so happened I've got one there with a motor out of it that's identically the same, and... We've robbed a few parts off it and put on this one. Can't get it to talk to nothing. So I talked to Dennis, and or Russell did, and Dennis told me, he said, send over. If I can't fix it, I'll got help over at Kia. So, yeah. Okay. We'll so, figure it, we'll figure it out. So I'm saying, and I told him, we done tried a computer, and ain't nothing worked. Tried a fuse box. Tried the body control module. Nothing works. By the way, while I got uh, Joe here, Somebody who has been with Joe's Garage for years and years and years that I used to like to go over there and talk to, Crippen. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. sir. Retired. Yes, he did. He retired, man. Yeah. How dare him? <laughs> I know. That's, uh, he, he worked for me for about 26 years, and uh, for health reasons, he decided he was going to hang up his wrenches, and of course, in the past 10-year capacity, he'd been like a service rider, so... Yeah, but he still was the guy to call. Uh, the speed shop down the street would call, and say, "We need somebody to build a Holly carburetor. He's your guy." 
So if you yeah. need carburetor work done, you just let me know. I put you in touch with him. He still does a little stuff at his house at his own workshop there, and but he don't want to do any heavy duty work. But he'll do stuff like that still. All right, but he, he he's just a great guy, and he knows <laughs> the business. Yes, he does. And there's very few of us left, Dave, that can overhaul a carburetor. Yeah, well, blah. very few get, of us remember what a carburetor is. I got one. Russell <laughs> told me yesterday. He said, "Dad, I got a four barrel Holly on this C60 Chevrolet out here." and uh, he said a four barrel holly i got the kit coming that's all right when you get it i'll tear it apart and build it when i had my 69 charger i had two of those well this this one's got electronic governor and everything on it that's like trying to if we talk about pouring half a half a gallon of fuel in that pulling a full gallon of fuel and hope you can get down the road a mile (laughs) yeah yeah, I could watch the gas gauge move, seriously. Mm-hmm. I know You'd you watch could. it go. Mm-hmm. All right, 19 after 7, it's uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. We got Joe and Duck here. We'll take your calls as well. 823-0965. 823-0965. We'll be back in just a moment. Well, it's stimulating and it's stuff you need to know, especially about cars. Cars are changing uh, daily. And because of that, it can make it difficult on you to know exactly what you're supposed to do. That's why I always suggest to you to take your car to the bumper-to-bumper certified service centers because they'll take good care of you, and they won't take you. That's the best way I can put it. Uh, you don't have to worry about that. Set, Get yourself set up with a bumper-to-bumper certified service center. It doesn't matter whether it's Joe's Garage or Duck's Garage or you know ryan or some of the other guys that are spread out all over central arkansas because they all run under the same uh group of of beliefs and they will all treat you the same and if and they'll fix your car that's the key when you go over there and they take care of your car they'll take care of your car and make sure that you're satisfied with the work that's been done absolutely we uh we don't work on cars and trucks we fix cars and trucks and we don't uh, guess we test right duck you know joe that's why we got shelves full of parts to put on yep. sometimes it says put a known good part on it and test it and sometimes that's what you have to do you know instead of just going out and buying a part yeah. and then maybe it isn't the part that you thought was wrong but now it's yours exactly because no electronic part is returnable all right, so you want to keep that in mind. So folks over at the Bumper to Bumper Certified <coughs> Service Centers will do a great job for you. I can't say that I've ever had a crossword with Joe uh, over at Joe's Garage, and we've been doing business together for over 20 years. Yes, sir. That's where I've been taking my car. And there's something to be said to have that type of a relationship with your technician. It's hard to do, Dave. Really and truly, with these new modern vehicles, I mean, you got to sit down and explain it to the customer what went wrong, why it happened, and what it's going to take to repair it. It's uh, more of explaining than it is now, basically, for working, ain't it, Joe? Well, you know, communication is everything. And I've been doing this for a long time, and I'm going to tell you something. If in the process of communicating with a customer, if there's any miscommunication or I guess you would call personality conflict or whatever. I just say, ho, stop. Take your car someplace else. I don't need this. I don't want this because I'm smart enough to know from experience that if we don't get along before I work on it, 
Not going to get along after I've worked on it. When money changes hands, we sure ain't going to get along. Exactly. And if they don't believe what I tell them is the gospel, then they need to go someplace else and just, you know, that makes it easier on me and makes it easier on them. But it is what it is. You you need to have a good good communication, clear uh, communication line so everybody's on the same page. Exactly. That even goes with, you know, and we kind of get into some areas there sometimes, don't we, Duck, where we have – mothers and dads and kids yes. and the kid will bring it in and say okay and then the mom and daddy will call and say no we didn't authorize that it's our car but that that's not our fault no that communication problem is on their end right yeah know? it's it's not a not in our spot it's in their spot and they need to take care of their problem i mean we have enough problems as it is we really only want to talk to one person when it comes to fixing an automobile the owner the person that's gonna not necessarily owner the, the person, person that's gonna it. pay the bill yeah and but, the person who's driving it so we can get the whole story the very first time yeah but if you have a fleet and you send a driver over there with a list of work to do don't don't make it say sound like that's all right to fix and call him yeah. oh yeah fix it and then the bill goes over there to the front office front office so we didn't authorize this so your driver drove in and brought the list and we talked to him about it if that's not the procedure you need to tell us right you know because it it is conflicts but that's what i was talking about is communication is very important so we got to kind of got it down to we don't want to talk to anybody about this vehicle or do an estimate on it except the person that's writing the check to pay the bill that makes sense yeah the person who owns it so he knows what's going on and i just you you were talking about just a moment ago that communication with customer about cars today because they've changed is paramount we talked a little bit about that in our first question, which dealt with, you know, filling your car up. Something as simple as that. How about this? Dan's got a 20, uh, 2005 Lexus, uh, an ES330 six-cylinder, 3.3-liter engine on it. And here's what he's got. He's got a battery question. We're getting more and more, and these guys will attest to this, we're getting more and more questions about ga- batteries because batteries have changed. He says, uh, we've not been able to find where the draw comes from. My battery won't last more than seven days. We have replaced alternator battery, disconnected the off-market remote starter, numerous tests and diagnostic diagnostic time. Uh, battery goes from full to dead in about seven days, even though it gets used during the seven days. So they're saying it's not, you know, recharging itself. With that in mind. Uh, it's just a different time for batteries, correct, guys? Well, it is in this case right here. I'd be interested to know if they got the right battery in the car. Yep. And number two, they put an alternator on it. Now, if this car's driven every day and the battery still goes dead in a week, it's 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 either the battery they put in there is the wrong size and it's not charging it up properly, or it's not charging it up properly if it is the right battery, because there's nothing in that car that would draw it down other than the lack of charge during the drive. just That's what I was going to say. Because he said this drove during that seven days. Yes. So if it's drove five miles, it's going to charge the right battery completely back up. You unless know, it's not charging it. Unless it's, you know, it could be only yep. charging just enough to turn the light off. Mm-hmm. Just because it's a new alternator, that don't mean nothing no more. No. I put two on the other day and rustled it in. The first one, the front bearing went out in it, sitting in the shop running. And the second one got almost down to the corner for the back bearing one out in it. Just because it's new, and these was brand new. These were not remands. They was brand new alternators. 
just because it's new. But there again, Joe, I need to take it to somebody that's got testing equipment to run tests on all this. No. It could be the ECM bad, not telling it to charge. Exactly. There's a lot of things going on here, especially when them somebody else has been putting parts on it. Yep. Uh, it makes our job really, really hard because we don't know if we're fixing the original problem or something that got created along the way. And a lot of times we end up having to do two, fix what got created and then go back to what the original problem was. All right. Rush is next, and we'll be back. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, Joe and Ducker here. The phone number again, 8230965. Don't forget about St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. Uh, I've told you how good they are. Let me just say, here's the way you save money in doing it. Normally, it costs you $200 to have a, a home up to 1,500 square foot cleaned by St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. And that's a good deal in and of itself. But we, here at 101.1 FM, The Answer, will let you buy a certificate that gets you 50% off. That's right. Instead of it being $200, how about just 100 bucks? That's a great, great deal. If you got a bigger home, up to 2,500 square foot, that's normally $300. You can get a certificate here at 101.1 FM, The Answer, for just 150 All you got to do is call Chuck. Chuck takes care of all this. He gets in just a, you know, nine, a little bit after nine. You just call 404-6560. That'll ring in his office. He'll answer the phone. You tell him you want a certificate, the St. Clarity Residential Cleaning, and he'll take all care of it over the phone with you. All right. We've got uh, Duck here, and we've got Joe here. And they're ready to answer your car questions. But before we do that, we're going to give something away. You said we had a vacuum cleaner? Yeah, one of them like we was giving away. Oh, five-gallon bucket? Yeah, before all the COVID hit and everything got stopped. But I've got, I think, one or two left. I can't remember. I have to look when I get back. Okay, what these are good for, you put them in, you know, behind your seat in your truck or whatever, carry it with you, and uh, you go out hunting or you go fishing or whatever – Need to do a little cleanup afterwards? Thing's perfect for it. And it comes with a five-gallon bucket, and it snaps on the top of it. And yeah. does I, a great job. I'm still using mine. I got the very first time at the shop. Does the job, and we'll give it to you free. All you got to do is uh, call right now to 823-0965, 823-0965, and uh, Heidi's going to answer the phone. She'll get your name, and she'll get your phone number and all of that. And she'll give it to Duck, and Duck will be back in touch with you. Yes. So that you can get you can get a hold of it. You'll have to go to his place to pick it up. No, i got to go to Bumper to Bumper. i got to go to Evans in Benton. Okay. Well, That's where they're at. They're up at Evans. They're close to you. Yeah, it's, it's a couple miles from me. It's right there. Yeah. It's but I'll right give there. them the address and everything, and they can go by and pick it up. All right. Other people are calling. Don't call. They're, we've already given it away. Somebody okay. already called. Yeah, <laughs> wanted it. That was fast. Yeah, they, they well, they remember those. Those were great. Absolutely. As far as, as that's concerned. We got a caller that wants to talk to us? Okay. She's giving me a thumbs up to do something like that. All okay. right, so 737 here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 8230965. All right, we talked about a battery. We talked about overfilling your car. How about why won't my Jeep start when the engine is warm? Needs time to cool between starts. My Jeep won't start after being driven and warmed up. I usually have to give it 
an hour between starts to let the engine cool. Been dealing with this issue for over two years. We had a mechanic look at it, but they couldn't determine the issue. Not much of a mechanic. Uh, this is a 2005 Jeep Liberty Limited six-cylinder, 3.7 liter. I bet you you guys can give me an answer pretty quickly. Well, that's an easy one to diagnose. You just let it run and shut it off when it won't cr- start back up after it's cranking. Yep. You just check basic stuff on it. Have we got a crank signal? Have we got a fuel pump running? Have we got the injectors popping? Have yeah. we got the fire coming to the you know from the coals? Um, and it could be one of ten different issues, couldn't it, Joe? Oh, absolutely. But you know, I'm I'm saying from experience here that I believe that the probably what's going on with this is a crank sensor. What do you think? Yep, they're real bad about cracking the end of them, getting hot, and they won't work. And then when they cool off, they go back to working again. Yep. Most likely, you know, you can, but he just don't need to throw one in it. We need to check it and see. No, he doesn't start. He doesn't need to start putting parts on it unless they're, unless they're tested and they fail the test. That's yes. basically it. And once you do that, then you can take care of everything else. Sure. I like them like that, Doug. I oh, really yeah. do. I like them when they come in and say, all right, I'll get you just drive it for about an hour. We'd let it sit out there and run, go around the block, up street, come back, shut it off. Get the key on it. We'd have fuel pressure gauge on it. We'd have a, t- a scanner on it. We'd have test equipment on it. And hit that key, and it goes, yang, 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 and it won't start. We'd be looking at everything that take probably ten minutes. Because you can look and see if it, you can look and see if the injectors are pulsing. You can look and see if it's firing and everything on the computer. Yep. All right. Now I want to talk about something because it goes along with my car and the problem I had with fuel injector. Uh, stopped. I started it up, ran kind of rough, mm-hmm. but it started. Yep. I parked it, and then I wouldn't start it again. Linda wanted me to try to start it. I, nope, not going to do it. It's mm-hmm. running really rough. There's something wrong. And uh, Joe came and started it the next day, and you said it had done what? It had, it when the starter engaged, it went, yeah, and then slowed down just a little bit and then fired up and run. And that tells me, and of course, the fuel smell and the white smoke out the back. We had an injector stuck open, but it had let the fuel run down into the cylinder on top of the piston, and it was trying to hydrostatically lock. Yes. So, That's not a good thing, by the way. No, it's not. Yeah, because it can be in rods and everything, Dave. You know, letting it set overnight, that fuel leaked down in the cylinder enough from the cylinder into the crankcase, and, and it went ahead and started, but it had just a little bit of hesitation on the revolution that tells me that there's too much fluid on top of the piston yes so it doesn't pay to sit and yin 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 <laughs> with your car engine now because you're gonna burn a starter up yeah. yeah or in my case you could blow a piston you, you can burn a rod. rod yeah yeah don't want to be doing that that makes it a really expensive i've seen fix. six i've seen six old men rods egr cooler start leaking put water on top of piston I've seen it bend rods. All right. Just keep that in mind, all right? If it ain't running right, just turn it off and, and don't don't keep cranking on it. We get them in all the time where they get to the shop and they'll say, all right, we towed it in. What's wrong? It won't start. We check it and the starter's <laughs> out on it. Okay. Well, first thing we got to do is put a starter on them. They ain't got no hand cranks, Dave. No. No so worth to put one. And then we put a starter on it, and then we crank it over, and it goes, hang, 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 but it won't run. Well, it's got a bad fuel pump. So I'm thinking, 
why'd they sit out there and crank on this? They burnt starter up. Why yep. they just, you know, after four or five times, it ain't going to start. Crank, ding, 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 get off of it. But if you continuously crank on it, it'll actually burn the starter up. And these new vehicles, Joe, and you know, and I know, mm-hmm. they've got a time sensor on them. Yep. You crank so long, it, it's going it's gonna to stop it. Well, it just won't let you burn up the starter then. It is, you can keep on long enough and you'll burn it up, but mm-hmm. most You're, time it'll run about two or three seconds cranking and it kicks out. No, it stops. Okay. But All if right. you keep hitting that key to the crank position, it keeps doing that. Yeah. And the starter motor gets hot and it burns up. All right. We've got uh, almost uh, 15 minutes before eight. Let's get a caller. And Gary's in Benton got a question for us. Hey, Gary, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show and your question for Joe and Duck. Yeah, thank you. I've got a 2020 GMC, and I get up in the mornings, and I try to go to work when it's real cold, and I turn the heater on, and the uh, heater, uh, the hot air that's coming out of the uh, ductwork is different than it is coming out of the lower part of where your feet are, and my feet are cold, and my upper body's hot, and and it seems like it's got cold air coming out of the bottom when it's got hot air coming out the top, so I know what's going on with it. Well, it's uh, there's a mode door actuator down there, but the blend door, that uh, that yeah. should have it on both sides, one on the left, one on the right. Okay. Uh, and, and I think probably what's going on is one of those uh, blend doors is not closing completely. Have you checked to see what the temperature, if there was a difference in the temperature on the passenger side as well as the driver's side when it blows out not. the floor? You need to do I'm that because that will tell us okay. whether or not the driver's side blend door is actually closing all the way and giving you nothing but 100% of hot air. How many miles has this thing got on it? Uh, 25,000. Wow. That's uh, a new car, man. Well, I know what he's talking about because mine does it, too. Oh, really? I, I've got a 2022. <laughs> the vents are warm, and the floor is cold. Yeah, And exactly. I've had mine back to GM about four or five times. Oh. And they don't know what to do with it. And I've had my guy at the shop to check it, and he said it's about – uh, 12 degrees different in the temperature coming out that's a lot just to, i mean it's enough that your feet if it's real cold like it was a couple of weeks ago right your feet stay cold all day driving in that's, that's exactly right <laughs> and if i figure this out at the shop you'll hear me talk about it on the radio okay, I, okay i've, I've called over and talked to seth about it over at everett and he said look we don't got no fix for it yet Huh. They think that the blend door is not shutting, not opening all the way up when you put it on the feet mm-hmm. is a problem. But nobody okay, knows great. what to do. I've even took mine, Joe, and, and you know went through the scanner yeah. and reset them all. Mm-hmm. And it's still about 12 degrees different in temperature. Wow. All right. So when I figure this out, I'll let you know. So thank you so much. Let me just right, let me just put it this way: to be continued. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you very much for your call, Gary. We appreciate it. I knew we where he was going when he started that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other p- folks getting involved today have questions as well. We'll get to them in just a moment. PI Roofing wants you to know that they will take care of your roof, and and they're doing something amazing. I I didn't know about this. It just came uh, to my attention. Uh, yesterday uh i got to try to find this here real quick and let me look it up so i can do it but joel is doing something that he's done with me when i had my my nonprofit and fixing people's roofs for no cost that's pretty cool they're in you know 
Well, you, yeah. you, you yep. knew Joel from, you know, <laughs> Joe said on my, my board of directors. And uh, we used to go and check out and find out what was wrong. And, and it was usually elderly people uh, that were trying to, to make up their mind whether they wanted to do uh, uh, their roof or whether they wanted to feed themselves. Yeah. And Joel got involved. And I know one house that he took everything off the top of that house and replaced that roof completely at no charge to the people. That's None. a good thing. Zero. But he's, done, he's doing that again. And I'll get Joel on and let him talk about it and, and give you how this all works. It's uh, some different people are working with him to help uh, finance this. But uh, I'll get with him so he can get on and tell you how you figure out whether you are one of the people that he can do that for. Sure. All right. But uh, that's the good thing about Joel Johnson and, and PI Roofing. They're all about community. They're all about helping people. They're good Christian folks, and we'll get Joel on to talk about it. You need to give them a call at 707-3551. Have them walk your roof. Make sure it's in good shape. That's piroofing.com. All right, back with you. Larry has been waiting patiently. Well, I'm yes, figuring. I figure he's been waiting patiently. He's joined us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. What's your question for uh, Joe and Duck? Hey, Larry. Well, it's odd that you just had a question about a heater. I have a 2000 GMC pickup truck, and about a week and a half ago, just a real loud vibration. I assumed it was the motor, but then again, it might have been a blower door. But nevertheless, the heat and the air conditioner are working fine, but they will only come through the dash. I can't get them to come up through the window, you know, to defrost the window. Yeah. Wherever you set the button uh, dial, it comes out of the you know, registers into your face. And I was wondering if that's something that the hatch has to come off or on center the passenger side, if there is a black cover, you know, over the heater area. I was wondering how hard of a fix that is. On 2000 GMC, that would be the mode actuator. Yes. And and it I, it doesn't require to have the dash removed on that one. I'm, I'm going by memory here. I think you can go to the glove box and do it. But uh, that's what's wrong with that. It's got a mode door actuator that's bad. And, you know, being 2000 model, it's 20-something years old. They wear out. Have you heard any, yeah. like, a light clicking noise in there sometimes when you try and select something different from the dash, like a No, I don't think that I do or ever have. I said there was just a real vibration when I started about a week and a half ago, up from under there, you know, and I thought it was the motor. But the next time I used it, it didn't make that noise again. But, like I said, it only comes out of the into your face or your feet, but it won't come out of the windshield. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's got to blend air door motor bad. Yeah, it's it's going to have to, you know, there's a test for that. It's not that hard to do. Uh, and I don't think, I think that that actuator for that's probably about 100 and 120 bucks by a good one. And then I think it's about a two-hour job probably to diagnose it and replace it. So I think you're going to spend 350 400 bucks on it to get it checked and replaced. But as long as the door inside the heat chamber is good, yeah. As long as it ain't broke, most likely that'll fix your issue. Gotcha. And you're located in when Benson, uh, Doctor? You located at? I'm at. You know where the New Boys and Girls Club is? No, I guess I don't. You know I, where the old Benton Airport used to be? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. down at the end of the corner of Dale Drive and Airlane Drive. And the name of your business is Ducks Garage. D- Ducks Garage. Yes, just go in there and see Ashley or Russell or Blake. 
Gotcha. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate right. you. Appreciate, Appreciate the call. It. Thank you very much. All right. 8230965. We got time for one more question. 8230965 if you call now. And uh, they'll help you out uh, with this. And if not, uh, I'll go ahead and move on to the, car- the questions that have come in. Joshua uh, has it. Well, we got a caller calling right now. So I'll just talk until we get that set up and get them on the air. When's car show coming up, guys? August. Is it going to be in August? Yes. We're going to be in Conway again this year? Yes, sir. Okay. Just for everybody to know. I think that everything is going to work out as far as, you know, uh, being able to have the car show because of the COVID rules and restrictions being lifted. Yeah, so it's looking good. We're excited excited about that. All right, let me see who we got. Who's we got ready? James in Hot Springs. All right. James in Hot Springs. How you doing, James? How are things down in the Hot Springs area today? Oh, going on as well as they have, I guess, the past few years. But, uh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. With that in mind, what uh, what's up with your car? Well, it's a it's an 07 Tundra with a 5.7. And um, many times when I get in it to start it, it, it just clunks. But after one or two, maybe three tries, it'll it'll turn over and start. But once I start and drive it, it doesn't do it anymore. Almost like it, once you get it warmed up, because it it even even if even if you park it for a few hours and come back, it will start. But like say overnight, or I don't drive it very often, uh, so it it sits for uh, uh, days and days and days. Um, but it it. It's been doing it long enough that I'm I'm 100 percent sure that once it's once you start it and drive it, it doesn't do it until it sits for a long time. It, that could be a head gasket leaking, could be yeah. an injector leaking. Has it been using any coolant? Have you been having to add any coolant to it? No, no, have, it, it doesn't lose any coolant. Have, At have, least not that I can tell. Have you uh, had a, a kind of a loss in fuel economy? I'm afraid I don't drive it enough to be able to know that. Okay. Well, what's going through our mind is, one, that hard, that and then, you know, you let off the key and you have to hit it again, that it maybe have some kind of liquid on top of the piston. And the two things that come to our mind, one is coolant, lightly blowed head gasket leaking in there, and it'll set for a long time and it'll put some coolant in there, or an injector well, that, that dribbles the fuel down in there and leaks down in there and fills it up. So when you okay. next time it's you let it set and you start it, mm-hmm. step out and look at the tailpipe, see if you okay. see white looking smoke coming out of it, okay. or something like that. Because if it's white looking smoke, it could be fuel or it could be antifreeze. Yeah, I see. I'll, I'll do that. Um, it's of course it's got almost it's right at 350 thousand miles i put on that thing so it may be something like that dude yeah. you're you almost me. got it broke in <laughs> good job yeah and he's almost got it broke in Dave. he does yeah. absolutely but another, just step another out. hundred thousand miles and you'll be in really good shape just step out Maybe as soon just, as you start it and look at the tailpipe yeah. yep okay Thanks just stand there help. just stand right. there for about two or three minutes and watch it okay all right Thank thanks you, sir thanks for calling in we appreciate your call here that's pretty interesting because you know 2005 you know it's not a it's not a spring chicken no uh, and for him to get that many miles on he's very well maintenance and took yeah, care of it I he's promise taking you. care of it yep. and and he's not driving it all that and sometimes when you're not driving it often 
that in and in and of itself can cause problems and dave it don't take much antifreeze or much fuel on top of piston to lock it up as you know yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah well i i stopped before it locked it up yeah. I'm, I'm smart enough i've i'm i'm a you know my sensei over here he told me <laughs> and uh, i do what he does what he tells me to do He's well, a, are you trying to say if, he keeps you out of trouble? Have I told you that, Heidi? You know what I call him? I call him the Obi Wan Kenobi of car mechanics, and I'm I'm just a I'm just a Jedi student, and I'm learning. Well, when you called me, you said it's running rough and it's smoking white, and I said yeah. shut it off. Yeah, don't drive it. We're going to have to get it towed. Yeah, and and you know a lot of things. You know, and Dave, you have to remind people you weren't but about three and a half miles from your house. That's right. And I said, no, we're not driving it. Yeah. Because sometimes folks think, well, I can avoid a tow. Tow. And and they don't want to spend that money to try and drive it, and they do a whole lot more damage, don't they, Doug? Yes. I've had them. Dave, that thing could have galled a piston by the time you got home. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, you think about this, all right? I saved, what, maybe $80 on a tow? Mm -hmm. Because I got insurance that takes care of toes for so many miles well you got so, a safe route too yeah. Bumper to bumper. Yeah. yeah so let's figure i i save uh the money for a tow but instead of just putting a fuel injector in i gotta put a whole new piston and everything in put a motor in it yeah now you're talking real money yeah all, real money. all on that three and a half miles yeah absolutely all just to save a few pennies on a tow better. and i look at that as just pennies to be honest with you you're better what it basically is yeah. yeah all right guys thanks, thanks for Dave. coming in it's always a pleasure don't forget hey i'm going to be over in conway this afternoon at noon at larry's pizza i'm going to be uh, talking to the folks there and i hope that you'll come over and and join us and uh, be part of the get together see you there i'll see you at 6 a.m in the morning and robert and chris will be with me in the first hour along with state senator dan sullivan Joe and Duck, we appreciate you, Duck. I'll see you Saturday morning right here on 101 FM, The Answer.